listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little butt sucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers are gay. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague, whoever you are out there in the wide world. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. Uh, today I had the good fortune of speaking with none other than Adam Robinson. Now, Adam Robinson is an all-rounder. He's an all-round good bloke. Um, you know, he's quiet uh, and he gets around and, and gets shit done in his sphere. Um, Robert, if you're out there, I, I really appreciate you coming over and, and having a, a, a chat to me. I, I really do. I really enjoyed it. Um, for those of you that don't know Adam, Adam is, oh, he's a family man, husband, father. Uh, he is, um, he's the CEO of Surfing Victoria. Um, he is a former pro surfer. Uh, he's a surfing coach. Um, 2021, he had won Australian Surf Coach of the Year Award. Um, you know, the guy has, um, ha- has pushed himself out there in many aspects in, in his, his life and career and asked a lot of himself. So really enjoyed having Robbo over for a chat. Um, yeah, yeah, we cover a lot of territory and he, he's really um, yeah, I just really enjoyed talking to Robo. A very open and, and honest about lots of aspects of his life and career, uh, and I, you know, I just learn 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 more about Robo, you know, and, um, and that's why I love doing these chats. You know, I just feel so fortuitous that I, I get to sit down in front of um, people and and learn learn about them and in turn learn about things to do with myself how you know when when you sit and talk with someone you become you know you oh, that's good i could take that piece of information or you know you can relate to it and it further cements your own cause in a different way i just i love conversation you know i just a healthy conversation i was at a dinner party on friday night and um yeah, and uh, Holly, if you're out there, love you. Thanks, thanks for challenging me on my set of thoughts surrounding um, the thing that we butted heads on. Um, nothing like a good old dinner party, uh, butting of heads. Um, but you know, look, and and the other thing to to that is, is we don't all have to agree on everything, and we don't. But it doesn't mean that we can't be friends if we don't agree on something. You know, I just think that's super important. That like we we can be uh, friends. And not agree on everything. That's you know, and the the more divisive and polar society is becoming, um, I think it's ever more important just to know that your opinion is not going to marry up with everyone's, and that's okay. You know, take resolve and stock in what 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 your heart truly is lending itself to, and and stand in that. You don't have to, but go with the status quo, and you don't have to. You know, it's 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 hard to stand out on a limb, but as as Robo points out in our chat, you know, like it's what makes the salt of, of certain people that we really admire at the bottom, at the end of the day, that they're not scared to stand out there on a limb by themselves. And, you know, and it can be really hard. It can be really hard. And to, to, to stand in your resolve, it can eat at your psyche, you know. But, like, I think if you're doing it and doing it from the right place and, and, and it, it's, it shows, real, it fortifies character, you know, and I think it's important. And, and it's just as important to live with tolerance to other people's opinion as well. 
that's not what I intended to say as a um, as an intro, but that's what came out, and that's what we're going with. Robbo, thank you so much for coming over. I really appreciate it. For if you're still with me out there, ah, thanks for listening. Okay, uh, I'll see you on the other, I'll see you on the other side of this conversation. Adios. Wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total barfarama. Hey, Rick. Oh, Portland. So, Cape Bridgeport. Okay, Bridge. Bridgewater. So, thank you. Yeah. Uh, pretty small, quiet place. Yeah. Yeah. And um, did you have friends that, like, when you were little, that were living down the street, that you'd hang? You had a little gang there, or? Not really. Um, so. Oh, for anyone who's ever been to Cape Bridgewater, kind of you know, drive up the hill and there's a there was a drive, particular drive called Panoramic Drive, uh, and my family were the first to build a house on that particular drive. Um, looking at all the old photos and stuff, there's not many houses. There's a lot more houses there now. Um, so yeah, we could do anything. Skate. We had a skateboard ramp. Um, and then we had motorbikes and you could, you know, it was, I I still kind of trip out here having neighbors so close, like so close, you know, it was just house, 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 house. Um, and then when I was probably, uh, might've been maybe 10 or 11, 10, um, Marcus Huppert's family moved out to Cape Bridgewater at that time, like Marcus and I were surfing a lot together. Marcus is five years older than I am. Um, so, yeah, we kind of did a lot of surfing together with my dad. And then, yeah, his family moved out. So he was probably like the first um, person that had lived at Bridgewater that, you know, we could go and surf Bridgewater Beach together kind of thing. There was other kids there's maybe two or three other families in the area, but they didn't really surf. And it wasn't like it was next door. They were like, you know, 800 meters away over a hill and type thing. So you couldn't just be like, hey. Yeah. So was there many other people surfing that beach at that time? No, there's not a whole lot of people surf Bridgewater Beach no. very often. It's not it's a very good wave. Okay. It's kind of like surfing... Um, I know I've never been to Middleton, but everyone says Middleton is like a it's a big sandy beach where it just gradually gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Really, like there's no banks, there's no form. It's kind of like it's like that. It's like so. I went to Sandy Point once uh, a couple of times actually with work, and it, when I surfed Sandy Point, I was like, "This is just like Bridgewater Beach." <laughs> so, did you surf it much, Bridgewater Beach? Yeah, we surfed heaps. Yeah, okay. we surfed. We surfed in Portland. You know, all the rakes around surrounding areas. Yeah, his dad was keen surfer, um, and now he know. was he was really keen surfer, right? Yeah, like live for yeah. it. Yep. And so, was it in you from the very jump? Would he? Do you remember him like sliding off to go surfing? Oh yeah, 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 really. And like you couldn't come. No, no, I could go. Always? Like, yeah. Wow. But um, probably he was um, 
there are breaks that I couldn't surf, yeah. you know, through them being too dangerous for me to surf. So I suppose I would go and I'd go just go and watch or whatever. And then, you know, as I got older, I would, you know, it came from uh, me staying on the beach in certain spots to learning to surf those spots. Yeah. And um, was it always in you to want like, you know, like that drive to want to surf? Yeah. Um, yeah. I Like I was always around it, like it's pretty submerged in the culture surfing yeah um but also like i love footy i love cricket I, you know like as a in primary school i remember playing indoor netball basketball footy you know indoor cricket indoor so, cricket was fun wasn't it oh amazing yeah like even i before i moved so i would have been 24 or 25 before we moved up to Torquay more, you know, I was in Torquay more often me and my friends we started an indoor cricket team in Portland and it was unreal like as even as adults it was yeah, so yeah, fun yeah no I bet I never really was much for cricket but indoor cricket I was like this yeah, is yeah. good yeah. didn't have to run too far to get the <laughs> yeah, ball totally um, so yeah look like pretty you know like as I said like dad keen surfer unwavering keenness whether the surf's good or bad or whatever. Um, so, and then, you know, then dad was a very good surfer in the town, very respected. Um, so. Did he grow up in Portland? No. Melbourne. Yeah. And then um, teaching degree, ended up getting placed in Portland for a bit. I think figured out there was, Fair to surf in Portland and thought this is pretty good. Yeah, this is a good spot. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit off the radar. And yeah. how did, sorry to cut you off, how did he meet your mum? Uh, uh, you, yeah, your mum, yeah. Yeah, I, I well, I, I don't really know. No. Yeah, like I think. <laughs> but was it in Melbourne? Was it down there? No, no, it was in Portland. Yeah, I was in my Portland. My mum's from Portland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, like as, as I said, like growing up, I love sport. Like I love even athletics and all you know yeah, yeah any yeah. sport just give me give, give it me, to me yeah 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 um academics <laughs> uh i enjoyed school but i i very much enjoyed the social side of school yeah <laughs> and i but i look i really enjoyed like i, uh, I enjoyed pe <laughs> I, mean, I relate uh, to this shit yeah. don't worry um, but I enjoyed like art, like I enjoyed graphics, yeah. I enjoyed other art and like the creative side. I like, I enjoy art yeah, stuff yeah. Yeah, more so than, um, you know, having a mathematical brain, like my dad and I think my sister and even like Teddy, they seem like they have like a mathematical, they they pick up mathematics very quickly. Whereas I was pretty slow at picking up like a, you know, Times tables were a fucking nightmare for me, man. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember they put it on the toilet door to learn it and I just could never get it. Only yeah. the rhyming ones, like 6636. Six, yeah, six. yeah. Well, sixes are good because it's a similar to AFL. You know, you like... Oh, you got goals. Like six, yeah, like goals are six points. So <laughs> it was pretty quick. Teddy learned, the, you know, now being a dad, like sixes came pretty quick for for Teddy because yeah. he's into his footy. But yeah, so... 
Yeah. So more on the the sports and creative side than the yeah I, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my my grandfather played for Essendon. Did he? So, um, my mum's father. Um, so, like naturally, like I, and and Portland's very footy orientated yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, like I love love playing footy. Um, and then. Yeah, there's probably just a certain point where surfing kind of took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Portland's a pretty rough town. I imagine the footy would be pretty. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, but but it's probably like it's reflective of the time as well. Yeah, well like, everywhere was rough. Yeah, like we I kids. think so. Like I, you know, like you under. I think there was only under fourteens. I played for under fourteen South. Portland, grade five, and well, you know, so there was kids that were really a lot bigger than me. I think Haywood, like I remember just being petrified of playing Haywood. Like kids would have like five o'clock shadows on the field, and I'd just be like, I don't just put me on the bench. Yeah. Like. And so we use you. Well, how old were you when you started surfing? Really young. Yeah, yeah. Probably look at it's probably not really a time. It's just it's just always been. It's just part of you. Yeah, yeah. You don't remember not. No. Yeah. No, don't remember not sort of being in or around or you know earliest memories are being you know at the beach or going to the beach or but but you know like we probably kept living at Cape Bridgewater we overlooked. Cape Bridgewater Bay, so we were. I was at the beach all the time. You, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get to a point where you, you just, you're, you're there. You're just there. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And so you were talking about being scared uh, on the footy field of the dudes with five o'clock shadows. Did you have any of the same feelings around surfing, like things that, yeah, yeah, yep. like certain waves, aspects yep. of animals that live in the ocean? Not so much. No, um, animals in the ocean, like, <laughs> not at all really really um you would have seen a few down there no no my opinion on sharks is that the people who are looking for them are the ones that see them yeah like for a long period of time probably between uh, when i was 18 to 24 or 25 the majority i would have a lot of surfs alone in portland like a lot a lot of surfs um and you're completely comfortable surfing alone in those remote places? Yeah. I was then. I'm probably not so much now because I have kids and things like that. Yeah. But at the time, I just... Did it. Waves are cooking. What? I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going in. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah, I always remember. Like, There's always one... When people ask me about that, like, there's always... There's one... There's one particular surf I can always remember... Was it a wave called Yellow Rock, Yellow Rock Beach? Like, it's just like a beach. It's not too far from town, but um, like really good left bank. Just cooking. I remember getting... I remember it because I was riding a board. Like, Troy Brooks had given me a board after Europe. Like, he just got back from Europe and I wrote for Simon Anderson at the time and Troy had a Simon... And he's like, oh, try this. Like, you can have it. It's trash. I don't want it anymore or whatever. And I was riding that particular board at that in that surf. And I remember getting this left and just taking off, just pulling into the barrel and just getting 
such a long, big backside tube, like coming out and just being like, you know, looking around, just like going, there's no, there's no one in the water. There's no one getting changed. There's no one on the cliff checking the surf. There's no one. It was, it was just me, you know? Um, so, you know, the say, you know, like, did you, it's not a barrel if no one saw it. And like, and I was just like, <laughs> all right, that was such a good, the waves are so good, you know? Yeah. Um, so no, I have, I have no problem surfing on my own. So uh, this was coming later, but the, uh, while I'm here, while we're in this zone, I'm going to ask you now. So you, you look around, there's no one there and there's nothing. There's an aspect to surfing that is, I'm going to get wooey and say mystical in that sense that you can be doing something so personal in harmony to some degree with nature and accepting of and being hyper aware of your uh, environment that we seldom do in a modern world. What do you think about the the camera that looks at Winky? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I just, you know. Yeah. I uh, look. It's like, and not like I look at that camera. Yeah. So I look, man. So, I, so I, you know, like yeah. I, I, maybe I'm part of the problem as well. Um, yeah. But you didn't look at it before it was there. Because yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'd look at the Jan Chuck one. You'd yeah. figure out and I'd yeah. have a pretty good idea whatever else is like. Exactly, yes. Um, yeah, look, my... I... Probably part of me, gra- like, grapples with, like, the... You know, like, say, Winky Pop. Um, or, you know, Snapper. There are, and have been for a long period of time, and before me, been world tour events at these locations. So part of me thinks, oh, they're not, it's not as if they're being exposed um, as new breaks. I think sometimes I'm a bit like, I know there's some that are sort of like creeping down the coast and things like that, that I think, Oh, like maybe leave those ones alone, <laughs> you know, like not, and it's not, it's not for the fear of, um, everyone's got to have somewhere, you know, like, and if you, you know, you, well, suddenly there'll be no. No, there's got there's there's, there's always going to be somewhere. Said, there's 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 mystique and there's mystique, and you know there are times when you go down the coast or you go on a surf trip and it's unknown, and part of that is what makes it so exciting. Yeah, and it's also, you know, you have to, you, know, you got to know the breaks. You know, like as, as part like. I and this is the core, like this is, I suppose that that core surfer that, you know, I, as a kid, you aspire to be. Where you look at my, my dad and he's like, you know, looking at the ocean, he's like, hey, you know, X will have waves today. Mm. Or you know, you you're looking at the ocean, and you're like, oh, I wonder. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder what that'll be like today. Mm. Low tides just, at this time. That's, you know, or mm. just, hey, sneaky south. Well, you know. Um, so part of the things with the cameras is I, I I don't have any feelings about them any which way, but but I do as a someone who has come from the no camera generation. Mm. I, I love that other side of it where it's like, hey, we're going to go and I'm, i got to, yeah. something's telling me to check here today. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And um, I think that's a big part of being a surfer is that knowing and, and time in the water and time. Exploration. Studying and going, you know what? Hey, we went to this random spot and it was a bit like this that time. And remember when we scored it? Yeah, you put it through the computer. You don't forget that equation. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know, so, you're s- suddenly the sums of the ocean are filling up in the mind. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I do, I love that side of it. And look, I, I, I think I, just ask, it's no, yeah. I didn't, I don't want, there's no right or wrong here yeah. to some degree. Everyone's got their own point of view on it and I, I'm, I'm open to all of them. Yeah. I, you know, I have mine. It's just an opinion. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Oh, look, oh, I can see why it's, a, it's annoying. I, um, I'll give you my quick one. One sure. one time, I I knew there was a uh, there was a bump in the period and swell, but it was tiny and it was flat. And I was like, "There's going to be a little something's got to show on that." Mm. And I rocked down there, and this is before I knew the camera. Yeah, yeah. And there'd been flat, been flat, and I was walking around with the dog, and then all of a sudden there was just a little, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was surfable." And I went back up to the car, and then five minutes later, there was another little. And I was like, "Oh, I'm getting." And I, my board had no fins in it. Yeah, yeah. So I strolled down. I was down on the beach. I was putting uh, my fins in the board, and all of a sudden, people just started popping up. Mm. And by the time I got my fins in and my wetsuit on, there was twelve people sitting waiting for that little. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, yeah. What? And I took my mm. wetsuit off, and I walked. Out. I didn't surf. And then when I got up there, I said to someone, I don't know what happened. There was no one here. And now, and they were like, there's a camera, bro. Mm. And I was, that's when I just went, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm anti. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I, I, Look, I don't it's, know. It's just, my, it's, it's, it's as hard. Like it is, as you said, it's a really polarizing one. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm not here to have that debate. I just, no, I'm interested. No, like I'm, I'm yeah. happy to go down the, like, like, because I think about this, and I think about this a lot, in, and I think about it in going, well, I'm very passionate surfer. Yeah, I would say so. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are elements of it that frustrate me heaps. Heaps. But then sometimes, and where I try, and I'm not, there all the time is I try and sit back and I think what are some of the things that I get from surfing you know what what you know is it enjoyment is it you know mental health is it you know whatever that might be fitness sometimes I think to myself they're out there for the same reasons as me like and and a you know ability can be everything in between that's some that's probably a mind frame that helps me go 
okay, well, they're only out here for the same reasons that I am. They want to, they love it. They want to feel a bit better or they need it. Um, so sometimes, and again, I'm not there all the time, <laughs> no, but, you're but, human. but, but trying to, trying to just go, okay, well, it is what it is. Here I am. Just get on with it. Like in, in the nicest possible way, just go, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get any from the beach. So I might as well just go out there and be one of them and just try and be okay with that. But also, um, I, and the, I try and surf the crowd as opposed and try and use my knowledge of the breaks to just be a step ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, I see how that's reflected in waves around here. Have you, and you do it very well, have you had to apply such under a crowded aspect of heavy pipeline? I use it everywhere. Yeah. Every every surf. How am I going to get a good one? That's, But I think that comes from being ingrained in competitive surfing is you look at a beach and you go, all right, you scan and it kind of the cogs turn um, on how to get yourself a good one or where they're coming from or whatever. Yeah. I think. Where's the pocket? No one's sort of, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think pipes are very different one in that it's so. Sorry. I just use that as an example. Yeah. Yeah. You look yeah. At it these days, oh, it like, looks... so, yeah. Like so snapper. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Use, you know, find a way to, there's ways to find waves and, yeah, certain waves that you have to think differently. Certain waves, I. The easiest way for me to explain it is is if you have a look at a footy field, and you treat this treat it, treat the ocean like a footy field. I always say Winky's like playing footy, and and I think to myself, well, if there are twenty players or thirty players over there. And I want the ball. It's gonna like it's gonna be difficult for me to get the ball in yeah. in, in amongst those thirty players or trying to get the the ball. Yeah. So most of the time what I try and do is I say, Well, you see people on the footy field, if they have created space for themselves, they are an, an option. Yeah. So I try and do the same in the surf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I get it. It's playing chess. It's playing footy. Play mm-hmm. Ruck Rover. Yep. Find, yeah. So going back to this moment with tr- surfing Brooko's board. Yep. And you came out. How, how old were you at this moment? 19. And so finished school. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Tell me where I'm going wrong. And you're... Are you com- you're competing? So I finished school, finished year twelve. Yeah. Um, and then at that time there was the Australian Pro Junior Series and, and events that were available to emerging surfers. Even at the time, 
WSL events, which was ASP at the time, WQS events were available for anyone to enter into. Um, so I suppose I started branching out into national rated events or and then world rated events in those years. Um, so I finished school in 2000. And in 2000, I kind of dipped my toes in a little bit um, into just some, I suppose, higher competition outside of Victoria and things like that. Um, and had previously in the past as well, while I was still at school, um, just on the Billabong Pro Junior Series Australia events. And I. What, one quick question in here. Yep. The, the, you, while you're dipping your toe at school, when you're in, your, in those later years at school, were you thinking of any other career or were you like, I'm, this is it, I'm going for it? Oh, yeah, no, look, so Portland probably wasn't a place where um, openly saying you wanted to be a professional surfer was accepted. Yeah. Um, certainly not accepted by a number of teachers that I had at the time, which is funny not it's not funny at all but like in retrospect like my simple answer would have been isn't school about learning and finding something that you're really passionate about that you wanted to pursue um i'd found that it's just that it probably in my in in scholastically yeah what i was wanting to pursue wasn't inside the box that they you know, someone from rural Victoria it probably wasn't an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, and these. So you knew though. I certainly wanted to to do that, yeah. but how to get there is is a very long, long. They're a long way away from when you live 80 kilometers from the South Australia border. Um, <laughs> so, but, but no, look, I, as I said, I completed school. I did want to pursue surfing. Wasn't really sure, I suppose, how to do it that well. Um, I actually want to be a primary school teacher. Huh. And so you thought about going to university to study that? Yep, I was accepted into university to do primary school teaching um, and then just deferred and then sort of kept on deferring. Okay, cool. I just love to see, you yeah. know, I love the mind frame of like at the end of school because for me it was a confusing time. I love seeing where everyone else fit in that line. You know, I'd look around and so many of my friends knew what they were going to uni to do this and I was just like, what? I just want to go surfing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a lot of that. For sure. But yeah, I probably that was... But with that came insecurity for me because I felt yeah. like everyone else knew what they wanted to do with their life and, you know, yeah, I was just yeah. like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Every, everyone in their own time, isn't it? That's right. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, so we, I don't want to get too deep and philosophical on that part, but I was just interested to see. So th- then you went and you were dipping your toe in a few comps outside Vico. And how were you faring? Um, I went okay. Um, you know, like there was, I had, you know, I sort of placed 
fairly highly in some like the, in the Pro Junior Series, finished in the top ten of the Pro Junior Series. Um, that's Australia wide. Australia. Oh, there yeah. was, at the time it was sort of Australia wide, but you'd sort of there'd be internationals dipping their toes in as well because it was at that time it was seen as a very prestigious series. Um, that was the series, you know. I suppose that emerging Mick, Joel, Dean, you know, Adrian Buck, and a lot of great Australian talent had all came through. Troy, Dave Rastovich, um, the Phil Macker. Trent Munro, Taj. So there were a lot of surfers kind of emerging from that tour that were going on and qualifying for the world tour and and those things. So, um, yeah, so I, I did those and then I ended up, I Nick Muscroft and myself did like the Europe leg of the WQS um, just to, kind of have a go yeah and that was pretty fun was that your first time in europe yeah and did you love it yeah it was pretty well was, yeah no like i did love it it was like a bit of kind of like um you know like i was like wow like i can't believe i'm here in a way because i probably most of my um inspiration as a young surfer was watching surf movies and you know you see pump and there's sections of hockey at hosegor or you see sarge's surfing scrapbook and it goes follows the tour and it's at hosegor or it's it's at england or it's at you know wherever so there's elements of that where i was just looking around going far out like i you know i kind of shocked that i was actually there yeah. Even though it was no big deal. And so with the Europe, uh, that was the a qualifying QS. They were just qualifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And were you, meeting, were you getting to meet people that you really, uh, like, admired their surfing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like I was... Frankie! <laughs> Shut up! Stop it! <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, I met. I look. I, I. I think just. I just think with with any developing surfer, in particular any developing surfer from regional areas. One thing that is hard to quantify. How important it is, is exposure to really good surfers. And that's probably what that first sort of, as I grew older and was able to spend more time away from Portland and surfing in the comforts of my own home, the exposure to better talent more often um, was very inspiring and naturally exposure to really good surfing lots of for a long long period of time two three four months a year and as it sort of grew as i got older was very beneficial for me is that why a lot of people 
there was a real trend for people to move to the Gold Coast, you know, yep. for their children and for the surfing. You know, you need to be around that kind of Yeah, yeah, energy. I think so. Well, well, definitely. I think the Superbank was a, you know, a big draw card. That being said, um, you know, Mick, Joel, Dean, um, Steph, can't think of anyone since then who's been as impactful on the world tour from snapper that's not saying it's, i love i i think cool unreal like i love surfing snapper i love surfing d-bar i love that strip um i think well people move there for the weather um but i i do think uh, as you said, that exposure to really great surfers um, for a long period of time is really important. Mm. Um, but I, but I'm very strong in also saying, you know, to Xavier or Tully or you know the surfers coming through here, he's saying the world's very small now. You have the opportunity to do and have be exposed to all these things without having to move. Man, kids here now are flaring. Yeah. Like, it's really inspiring. Yeah, I think it's just... Um, I heard a statistic the other day, like, that surfing is one of... It's the number one family sport in Australia. You know, and I hadn't heard that stat before. But I thought it was a pretty cool stat in that, um, you know, one thing that... Um, know being a dad now that i very much wanted was to be able to surf with my kids and my dad was was great at it he was great at it in that he before me there was other kids that he took under his wing and took them surfing as well and and showed them the sport of surfing and why it was so great um and we've all used surfing to be like savior in some way um and yeah that's i i just think um evolution every group's better than the last it's pretty rare you know just even through yeah like i think you know probably in my days kids would start to get good at 15 16 Mm. The next generation was, you know, 13, 14, you know, 14. Then as the generations go on, they just start getting better and better. So young. And the equipment and things like that are so great now for kids. It's so accessible. The smallest board I ever had was a 5.5, five, 16 three quarters energy, shaped by Simon Anderson. And that thing at that time, it would have been the smallest board Simon had ever made. And like, and, you know, I talked to Jack and Nick and, you know, we were all riding five, six, five, sevens and whatever at the time. And they, they were tiny. Teddy is, his smallest board was a four one. No way. Really? That's like a toy. (laughs) That's like something like, you know, you'd use on the, you know, like a, what do you call this? Finger skate. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, like and then he got a he got a four two Nev. That's so. Do you keep them? Yeah, yeah, I still have them. Yeah, I'll that's bring awesome. Bring them out when he gets older. Yeah, but they are just so small. You know, they are tiny. But they just. Even, you know, wetsuits. Like, I remember as a kid, I'd have to go and see Sparrow at Rip Curl and get measured up for a wetsuit. That was a 4.3. That didn't leak. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. And then now that, you know, you're going to Rip Curl or Billabong or Quicksilver and there's, you know, kids 4.3s, top of the line, like, is, you know, great material, like, whatever. So, it's just a... Uh, you know, it's evolution. So, yeah, and it's a good time to be a surfer right now. Oh, yeah. Um, now, with respect, I guess, to all that stuff, because then I can romanticize about surfing in the old days, but I'd be like wearing a footy jumper and fucking mm. wearing that single fin out there. <laughs> um, you're in Europe, you're with Mushy, and how did that go for you as an overall? You came back, how did Mushy go? How did you go? Yeah, I don't look. I can't like. I think we got a taste, you know, like, and it just gave us an, a taste to, you know, yeah, this go is, again. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, like, I remember, you know, we had some, we made some heats here and there, and lost some heats here and there, but sort of saw how it worked and saw how, you know, we sort of thought, oh, well, we, we could give this a go again. And um, Who were so sponsors we, then? Was it, were you sponsored by Ripco? Sponsored by Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah. And they, so they let me go that year and then I, yeah, that kind of fired me up to go better the next year and away we went. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good. I just, you know... I think everyone sort of comes out of a surfing career going, oh, you know, I could have done this, I could have done that. But you know, ultimately there are You friends. seem pretty switched on. I want to hear what you think you could, like what you should have done. What were aspects you feel like you maybe didn't shine a lot on? I enough? don't think I was a very good competitive surfer at all. Yeah. Like, now, was that because you did, do you think you didn't have good coaching or it just wasn't no, in no, you as a tiger? No, I, I think. Um, well, I think uh, growing up in a remote area mm. um, set a certain way to surf and present yourself in the lineup and things um, that I probably should have been better at tactically, in particular you know, tactically, um, probably hurt me a lot with, res- with regard to results for sure. I just can't believe like, you know, I'm, I, I've got no idea about competition surfing, you know, right. Surfing the jug board riders always go terribly and <laughs> I never think it reflects how I surf really, but maybe I'm did live in a delusion, but I, I just can't believe how tactically that you speak of like i always think you sh- your surfing should just shine through you know mm. but like it is yeah, everyone yeah. speaks about it it's like it is the, the difference between a, being a great free surfer and the difference between being is it is tactically really yeah oh it completely and that's you know you see um the majority of surfing the majority of, of heats that are won 
are won by the surface who get the best waves. Period. Um, and me personally, that was in a time where there was no priority. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of hassling, a lot of jockeying. Was there those... no priority? No, no. That I think that came in in 2012, 2013. Oh, no in, shit. In four-man heats. Right. Um, so, yeah, there was probably... That, that is probably the area for me that I look back on and I think, oh, like, there were things I should have done to teach myself um, to... do that element of the of competitive surfing a lot better and you know it, it was too easy for me to hop to to come home and go back to cape bridgewater where there's no board rider club you know you just to surf and i was i spent a lot of my time in particular the years that i was really say close to qualifying was I was, I should have just focused more on just taking each heat at a time and getting the best waves because I was very focused on, I got to surf better, I got to surf better, I got to surf better. And I think back now, I think, I, and I think my, the surfing that I was doing was enough. But the competing that I was doing was not to scratch. Um, and that, for better or worse, haunts you. Haunts me. Um, but on the flip side, there were things that I did do um, that, you know, probably didn't think that I would do. You know, or, or you sit back and you go, oh, you know, that was if you told me that at a, as a, as a 12 or 13 year old kid that I would do X, Y, and Z, then you'd sort of say, well, get, get out of here, you know? So it, there's, a, I think every person in a competitive sport looks back and you have your wins, you have your losses and, and you kind of get thrown out the end and you ultimately you, you make a, make a lot of, pretty good friends along the way, which is kind of the bits you look back on and with pretty fond memories. Did you, yeah, completely. And did you say you have some wins, you have some losses. You had some, did you beat Slater? In a, no, never. No. You came up against him a few times. I did. Slater waxed me every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's the king. I just, for some reason in my mind, I thought maybe, yeah. But so do you think, look, it's obvious but from an out, the limited that I know, I know I wasn't here. I was in the states when you were in two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. and that was like you know what what a run. Mm. Uh, do you, was that your favourite and most memorable? Do you think? Yes, and there, there's other times you know that through you know other heats that you have where you you know you think oh like I think back and you think oh you know that was a huge to you know get through that heat or there was some heats or a wave that i surfed in 
a heat in Hawaii where you think, oh, like that was a big achievement or that was, um, you know, as at that time, that was as good as I could surf against a really stacked heat or um, whatever. But like Rip Curl Pro 2009 is, you know, very fond memory for sure. Um, probably the year 2008, the year before that, I was really close to qualifying. Um, 2008, I won a six-star prime uh, event in Scotland, um, which was essentially the same as what a Challenger Series event is now. So it's a it's a high-rated WQS event. Um, was it? Is it? Was that the right? That right-hander Thurso in front of the castle there. Yep. Man, what an experience. Yeah, amazing. I hated bagpipes. You hated them? Until uh, <laughs> about five minutes to go, the, 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 you know, the town had got the bagpipe procession to come and play at the event. So I remember in the final, I was winning the final. And, um, yeah, five minutes to go, I remember, you know, looking at my watch every five seconds. And bagpipes started playing. And because it was so still, and they were just echoing off of the, you know, the, the castles and the, you know, everything. It was, um, yeah, pretty surreal. Lovely place. Thurso is a lovely place. I would love to go back. And is it got a strong, like, surfing community there? I think there's a fair... I think there the surfers... I don't think there's a whole lot of surfers there, but I think they're pretty diehard, you know... Like you got to be a diehard surfer to surf in that region. Was it cold when the heat was on? When the comp yeah, was on? it's cold. Yeah, but it is such a beautiful spot. There's such good surf there. Waves everywhere. Pubs on the sides of the road, all with their fires stoked, with their darts ready to go. Like unreal. But yeah, so look, 2008 was a was a year that, as I said, leading into 2009, Rip Curl Pro. Like I was really close to qualifying in 2008 and I, I didn't qualify. I was just absolutely bitterly disappointed in myself. Um, because I, I thought that I was ready, you know, and I, and I thought the surfing that I was doing at that time was, um, would, would be enough to, be competitive on the world tour. Um, so again, like narrowly missed qualifying in 2008. Um, like that must, did it, did it take you a second to like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like yeah. The, I even still, I'm annoyed at myself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's, but it sounded like you threw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I you know, there's as a, you know there's things I could have done differently and should have done differently. And you, is that come back to the that? Oh techni- yeah, for technical. sure. And there's things I just should have taken a minute. Like I should have gone, all right. Like, what do you need to do? Like every heat, you know. Like don't think about the end result. Don't think about qualifying. Think about you know these little steps you got to walk up. Don't take the big jump. Just one step at a time. I should have. Um, yeah, I should have done it a lot differently. Um, so yeah, going into 2009 Rip Curl Pro, like I was 
for you know december and january i was just so pissed off at myself um i just wanted to go back to portland and hide away <laughs> like i didn't even want to talk like people would say oh you know this and like talk try and talk to me about it i didn't want to talk about it you know my friends or whatever because they didn't like a lot of the people who aren't weren't in my in inner circle probably didn't really know what I was really doing. You know, like they didn't, they knew I was away. They knew I was doing comps, but they didn't know the scale of it. I, I don't think they, I don't think they knew that, you know, I was close to being on the world tour yeah, type thing. So I don't, so some of them sort of would be like, Oh, Hey, how, you know, how's the comps going? Yeah. How's Europe? Or, yeah. Yeah. Or how's your holiday? And I'd be like, well, I get, you know, you get that it's a lovely place to go, but I'm really trying to do something really great that is a big goal of mine. And I failed. Um, so picking myself up after that was really difficult. Um, my my girlfriend, who is now my wife, Hannah, she was really um, big, a big help in that. Um, at the time, uh, her cousin was going out with James Podziadley James Podziadley, who played, ended up playing for Geelong. He was um, the fitness coach of Geelong Footy Club. So we sort of had a connection there and Hannah arranged with him to just go and do some personal training. And um, he was, he just kicked my ass, like fucking kicked my ass, you know, like. I remember you know, training with him. I wouldn't surf. If I knew he was going to, we were going to train, I wouldn't do anything all day because I knew how brutal it was going to be, you know. I actually, you know what? The the turning point was before that, was that that particular year, um, Cameron Ling came to Hawaii. They just, I think, um, uh, Geelong had won a great... You said Cameron Ling? Yeah. The footy player? Yep. Yeah. He came to Hawaii with, and he was staying with, um, Dodzy, his now wife and Jack and and we were surfing and hanging out and he was in his off season and then he was training and he was training with it behind where we were staying there was this hill and he was like oh I'm just gonna we Jack and I went to check the surf he's like I'm gonna just do some training he was training every afternoon and he was doing these hill runs and he was getting to the top of the hill just dry reaching, take a, take a breath, stand up, run back down. And he did that for an hour. And that was one of the first times where I was like, holy shit, like this guy. And, and, you know, like I would ask, you know, we were friendly enough to be like, oh, you know, be able to ask him questions. And he's like, if I don't do this, I'm not playing. I'll lose my spot in the team. Like, and this, they just won a premiership. He's just like, this is what this. Yeah. And that that was really eye opening for me. It was like, holy shit! Like, I think I'm training. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I was like, I think I'm fucking training. Like, I'm, I'm nothing. You know, like. So when I trained with James Podziadley, that was the that was probably the the time when I, I trained like and i'm not i'm like things like your push-ups like whatever like that i'm 
I'm good at them. But running? Yeah. Like, fuck, I fucking hate running. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, after training with him for, like, three months, like, I could run, you know, like, I was in really good shape. But I was also, like, I was so pissed off. And then, um, yeah, then I got my chance to surf in recovery trials and, um, you had a fire, you had a, yeah, yeah. like it was just like, as I said, it was just, I miss, I missed out and there was people in that comp that I should have been there. Mm. I should have been on that whole year, you know? So I got the chance to kind of open up and I got the chance and I got the chance to like, I didn't have a sponsor at the time or anything like that. So like I, I just got the chance to show people that I could surf well and that felt good. Oh, and locally. Yeah. Like that, that was, that was probably the first time that was probably the, I think that was probably the first time where I felt like people were like rooting for me. Hmm. Like that, that was, that, that felt, that was good. Like, and, but that was also, I think that was the first time where there was people for, like from Portland had, had an understanding of like the magnitude of what I was trying to do. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that felt good. So anyone that's listening, I'm just going to just, I don't often do this, but I'll just say that, that Robo got a wild card into that uh, comp and went through and then made it, and went all the way to the final yep. against Joel Parker, yep. which is a huge feat just for anyone that doesn't know what I'm, we're talking about. Yeah, it was... Is that right, right? Yep. Yeah. No, was, that's right. Yeah, it was big, big at the time. It was, but still big. It's like a, it's yeah. a, it's a big one. Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I mean... Shame he didn't beat Parker, but... Yeah, Joel's hard to beat out there. That's for sure. But look, there's... You know, I, with regards to competitive surfing, there's things I look back on that I wish I could change. There's things I look back on that I think, you know, wow, I'm proud of myself for doing that. Um, And you, you know. Well, let me, let me say something. So, um, 2021, you won Australian Surf Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Now it's nice that you, you you know you're quite introspective on all of this, and um, you know these things that have knocked you and and falls and wins may have contributed to you winning that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, like look, 100%. like I'm, I'm very like I try and be very just matter of fact. It's going well. Here we are. You sink or swim. So, you know, that, um, I think just that mentality just sort of keeps you in a place where you try and make the best of what you have. Um, and that's with regard to the coaching award. That was great. Um, it was nice to be recognized in that space. Um, and nice to 
Um, even though it's not a big turn, it's probably nice to differentiate yourself from something that you had previously been known for. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, that, that award should have gone to me and Kale, not just me. Um, cause a lot of the work that I do is with Kale as well in, you know, whether it be with Xavier, whether it be with Ellie Harrison or whether it be with Tully or whether it be with, you know, um, better known surfers who are, you know, internationally recognized surfers. Well, you don't want to say it, but you've coached Kelly and he's like, you know, the king. Yeah. That's, yeah, that was. That's incredible. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe not because you rub shoulders with these sort of people and you've been in that zone, but from someone like, for me, I find, I think it's. Oh, no, that was, that, that was um, a surprise for sure. Um, I, I still think, you know, I probably learned more from Kelly than what Kelly learned from me for sure. He is, a um, you don't get to be in his place if you're not someone that's radically intelligent, radically motivated to push the boundaries of everything every conversation every you're not afraid to say left when everyone else is saying right so what you know working or hanging with him is always um you learn a lot very grateful for the, for that um very grateful to be able to you know catch up when we do um yeah, that that one that that one was as I said that one was a that was an amazing experience. Probably the, the 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 probably the big other wins. You know, like I still Tully Wiley right now is on the verge of making the Challenge Series. I saw him yesterday morning out there. Um, like I started, I still remember the first session that I ever did with Tully. He was riding a red gash. It was three foot onshore Janjuk and he could barely make it out the back. So the difference between the Kelly thing, Kelly, I'm special comments. You, you're adding a tiny, you know, point of view. Yeah. But with someone like Tully or with Xavier, like I remember Xavier's first training session, he, he was 11, just turned 11. Tully would have just turned 12. Tully was maybe four to six weeks after Xavier first started training. And even in India, he's the same. Like I remember India's first small purple gash, you know, like tiny little kid. That's the kind of stuff that I think is very even more rewarding not to say that working with Kelly or Carissa or these unbelievable talents is it's it is rewarding and you learn so much from people like that but like seeing 
Tully, you know, seeing Tully potentially on the verge of qualifying for the Challenger Series, seeing India qualify for the World Tour. Sorry, I'm going to, I really don't know what's going on anymore. Like the Challenger Series is the CT, what was? So what, I don't understand. The, what. the CT is the top tier. Challenger Series is the second tier. Oh, the, the rotation halfway through? Uh, the rotation, the surfers who get rotated out of the halfway through, they go back down to the Challenger Series. Okay. So the Challenger Series is effectively... QS? Like the, the best of the best who... It's it's VFL, it's AFL. Yeah, okay. Yep. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's a radically competitive. Yeah. Um, and at the moment the way that they've placed it is there's an Australasian region or an APAC region that you have to qualify to get into the Challenger Series events. Now there's seven surfers from Australia who go into the or from APAC that go into the Challenger Series from this region. Tully's currently ranked second on that tour. Zave's ranked ninth. Um, yeah, boys. So it's a huge deal. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and as I said, India qualifying for the World Tour. There's there's things like that that they're just massively rewarding. So India... She was out with a concussion, uh, like a head injury, didn't she? She had some, and she just had a miraculous comeback, did she? Because I thought it was going to put her out for a while, and then I saw next that she was qualifying. Yeah, well, she's, you know, India's come so far. Yeah. She's, um, I think. I'm not surprised in the way that she, that she surfs where she is now on the world tour. But she's had to manage things, concussions and things that other people haven't had to manage. I think there's a probably a negative side to that, you know, in that she's probably watching surfers, um, you know. Kick on. Kick on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also off the back of that, I think India's, um, the things that she's had to deal with in the last 12, 18 months have given her so much strength and gratitude and, um, you know, she's such a strong person now um, that I think, you know, it's very admirable and very, you know, I think it would be easier to look, it would be easy for people to, and even as an athlete to look at that and go, you know, this is fucked. And she has just gone, right, I'm going to, this is how we're going to do this. And she, she won the Challenger Series um, tour. Last year for top qualifier. It's incredible. Amazing. So I just, yeah, as I said, like, I think that like going back to that particular award, that's great. The reward that I feel is seeing Tully, India, Zave, um, Willis, those kids that I've been able to work with and Kale as well for a long period of time. And now just to see him just killing it, 
you know, that is just so rewarding. Um, so I think it helps having gone through adversity and those things that, you know, maybe that I went through that could have gone better or worse or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of, of the kids who are coming up. Ellie Harrison, India, Willis, Zave, Tully. Now, through here. Um, I'm just going to pause one second because I really need a piece. Don't you start. <laughs> um, so now, jumping back, mm-hmm. I know I keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we underlying a lot of these things that we're talking about. I feel like we're pinning aspects of mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like no one's bulletproof we're all human and the tolls that different aspects of everybody's life you know like if i had i had two stressful days last week that i was like at the end of each day i am not doing this again it's not worth my head getting to this point you Mm -hmm. know and like uh it seemed to me that you've been pretty driven health uh the drinking and that aspect of australian culture it wasn't was it it wasn't obviously we've talked about it but it wasn't such a draw card for you no i think like in particular like the you know i was in a position where you follow summer around you know and every week you go to every event it was the biggest week of the year so i'm not for a second saying um you know i wasn't a part of going out and partying and those things um but um certainly yeah now i don't really engage in in much of that anymore um but it it's um uh, drinking i probably never really liked a lot um from young age to now wasn't not not interested in it, but also could either you know take a go. Um, and yeah, I think with regard to men's mental health, I think um, or mental health in general, um, that's a I, that's something that I am very conscious about. Um, with I probably like to say with my staff and friends. Um, I think as we sort of touched on earlier before we were rolling, um, yeah, there's probably things that a lot of people don't know uh, about myself um, with regard to, say, you know, mental health. Um, as we sort of touched on, my best school friend committed suicide in um, 2000. 11 no 2012 um but he uh, he was from a family of three brothers his mother was an alcoholic his father was not a very nice man this is what he told me um michael simon and david michael was the oldest simon was the middle david was the youngest Simon 
passed away from a drug overdose. David passed away. David, who was my best friend, passed away from suicide. And Michael passed away from suicide. Fuck me. All three of them. All three. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Robbo. So Michael, Simon and David were very good surfers in Portland. I was a little young to know Simon, but a lot of my older friends were really close with Simon. I was really close to Mick uh, in that he was a very good surfer in town, very lovely guy, um, but he had probably some scars. Um, But yeah, he and Dave lived together and I spent a lot of time with them. Um, But probably got to see as a kid the negative effects of alcohol and smoking weed and those things which um, like Mick kind of did and you kind of I probably got exposed to that side of it that kind of I was not into at all. Um, Some of those things can be nice things, but I think in 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 an environment where it's coming from, uh, you're overshadowed by negativity. You know, I, I, then I think that then there's a double down escapism and can spiral into a very unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, that that for me was probably just a point in my life that I was became aware of things maybe having a positive or a negative effect on particular people and do whatever you want to do that's not it's yeah. not that's not on me no no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that, no i know that's not what you're saying but yeah I was yeah. Just, yeah um and that that you know that i wasn't exposed i, I had a great childhood a great upbringing so there's a lot i did not understand but um yeah where where it probably gets to is that you know um i didn't i, I got a, a facebook message in you know it would have been 2010 or t- 11 and it was from a girl and at this point, I wouldn't have seen Dave, who was, again, my best mate at high school. I wouldn't have seen him because he'd been doing some bad shit. For I wouldn't have seen him for five or six years. Mm-hmm. And I got a message from a friend of his saying, here's a number, here's a phone number. Dave wants to talk to you. And at that time, I knew he was going through some bad shit. You know, like there's a lot of bad shit out there. I knew he was involved in in it. Um, and at the time, I. Wait, sorry, can I? Yeah, are we bikies? Where are we? What are we? You know, dealing. What? Are... Oh, look, he. I'm fairly confident he was doing his fair share of heroin, mm. and yep. just he wasn't a he wasn't a gnarly person mm. in that he was just. He, he unfortunately he had nowhere to go yeah, yeah um and 
he, I'd, I'd been sent a message on Facebook to say, ring this number, Dave wants to talk to you. And I never called him. Mm. So at that time, I thought to myself, what am I going to say to this guy? He's at rock bottom and I'm in a fortunate position to be traveling the world as a professional surfer doing the things that we'd both spoken about as kids. So I thought to myself, how, how is this conversation going to, how is this going to be good, a good conversation? And then, you know, 12 months later, I'd found out he'd committed suicide and the like, but so I, I live with that. That I, I should have called. I should have just called and said, "Hey, you going, mate? How are you? What are you up to? You've been all right." And just had a conversation. I should have done it. And that haunts me. Mm. But um, ultimately. I, you know, I just didn't have the tools to to know what to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Um, yeah, and that's probably where there's an element of now, um, in finding the job that I have, and in, you know, the way that, you know, where I am now is is probably I'm pretty open in just asking someone how they're going. Mm. Um. And understanding that surfing is probably one of the better tools that I know of that can save people. It's the best, man. It was it saved mm. me at a young mm. age, mm. out of school, mm. and at school, like gave me something to focus on that not everybody was doing. That I felt like was sort of my thing, and mm. yeah, loved. Yeah. Yeah, so Did that's probably there's like there's not a lot of people that know that story. There's probably people that will listen to this who have known me for over twenty years that won't know that story. But that's that's um that's probably a, a that's a reason why I, I enjoy my job. Yeah, yeah. Uh and it's a reason um why I'm probably hypersensitive on mental health. I feel so sorry for that whole family. Yeah, it's a bad, bad story. Three boys. Mm. Yeah, it's bad. Fuck me. Yeah, man. I, well, thanks for sharing, Robert. No, Re- no really. No, and, and being open in that, you know, the times that I had with Mick and Dave, they were fantastic. Mick was a brilliant, great surfer in Portland. Simon was, I again, Simon left town when I was, you know, 10 or 11, so I can't really remember, but the times I had with Mick and Dave were great. And a lot of people from, surfers from Portland would all say the same. Isn't life really weird? Can be. I just think it's weird anyway. <laughs> like, in a wonderful way that, mm. like, 
that that we can sit here and have this conversation and it's like there's that and then there's like you can leave here and go for a surf but then you just don't know when that ends which makes me appreciate these moments or as much as I can catch myself like backing out of the driveway yesterday I caught myself and I was like fuck I'm going from the second surf today this is sick mm. because how long am I going to be alive for I don't know you know there's mm. all sorts of aspects to everybody's life in particular. And I say this because the, I was supposed to have a guest on a little very recently who, between talking on the phone, they're no longer with us. Mm. It wasn't mental health or suicide. It was just an unfortunate accident. But it's like that is just another like this guy, you know, it's like, fuck. Mm. It, it, it's time's precious yeah and where are you putting your time and how are you um functioning within that time i think you're doing a great job of you know like mentoring coaching you know you're a real positive force and 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 go-to person for a lot of people that's commendable Mm, thanks yeah you just you just do what you can do the best well you just do the best you can i think that's underneath it all there's you know as i said there's it's it's hard everything can be as hard as i suppose you want it to be i suppose uh, in certain aspects but i think i'll I'll ultimately you look out the window you can see the ocean i think we're coming out of a time with covid that there's lots of people who you know, we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Living yeah. in living five kilometers with living in, within five kilometers of all the surf breaks that we surf all the time within all the, <laughs> you know, you've a lot of your friends and so I think yeah I think there's as you said time is precious and you don't fuck around <laughs> like like as this, you know as we talked about it's just. Yeah, you know, with a lot of the things, you it's easy to it's easy for time to go by really quickly. It's easy to lose five years. It's easy to lose ten years or two years or whatever. So yeah, I kind of you kind of gotta live in the place of saying it if you you know saying it or doing it if you're feeling it i suppose back that up what say saying or feeling it well like you kind of just if you it's sort of more just don't leave things unsaid oh yeah sorry yes i'll pick it up yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know what i had i text someone on friday right and they never text me back and i went the whole weekend going what have i done what, uh, what, ha- what piece of information have they mi- been misrelayed by their brother or yeah, someone yeah. that sent something to them? Obviously, taking what I said out of context, I, I played all these scenarios out. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> At two a.m. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. the for this morning, and then they rang this morning, and they're like, "So sorry, I got so snowed in all weekend." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. "You don't understand how much I did my head in over it." Yeah, like, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. No. I, well, like as I said, like. It's just, I just don't, 
know if you get the time to not kind of yeah. do the things you want or to say the things you have to or whatever. So you just have to. Yeah, yeah. Even it's not easy. It's hard to say some things, but you kind of might as well not wait. Yeah, well, like I love what you said about Slater. He's one of those people that doesn't like you know. He's a he's a great person. He's done great things, and it's because he's not scared to make hard decisions or say things that aren't, aren't the norm. Mm. You know, I think that's what makes yeah greatness as opposed to the titles yeah you know being able to stand your ground you don't have to be a world champion to do that no no yeah i think yeah that's yeah mark of and there's lots of people who have that success in that regard they're unafraid to make tough decisions so um just you said you're loving your job yeah and so yeah as a title CEO of Serving Victoria, mm-hmm. that sounds like a great title and a great job. Um, I'm sure there's a lot to it. <laughs> what 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 what's your days looking? What do they look like? Um, look, the the oh, look a day can be any anything from upcoming surfing events, budgets, managing people, Rip Curl Pro, um, you know. Uh, it's yeah. There's sometimes you don't know where the day is going to take you, but ultimately, um, I'm in a job. I very much enjoy the people that I work with. Um, we all get along quite well, which is great, and I'm able to for I'm able to. Use surfing, which is what I love, as a tool to um, get particular outcomes, whether that be for the Indigenous Surfing Program, whether that be through coaching, whether that be through running a surfing event, um, whether that be through, you know, a group of women having uh, learning to surf uh, in a in a surf group or or whatever. So, um, as I said um, before, there's things that I think surfing does very well for and and adds a lot to people's lives. And there's a fair bit of that in my day to day job is using surfing as a tool for what what I think is is a positive outcome mm. and other people might think differently and that's okay well uh, do you want to expand well you know surfing can be polarizing in that some people like comp some people don't um some people um you know think that you might be exposing or overexposing or um utilizing a particular break too much or too little or um, there's there's always challenges mm. and there's always um, opposing opinions mm-hmm. in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's probably where I, I'm just trying to kind of highlight that um, I think there's a lot of good 
I think there's a lot of good that I get to do, which is great. Mm. And there's some people might think differently and that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. Um, and I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to diminish before when you said, I think this award should have gone to Kale as well. And I mm. kind of stepped over and kept moving. But so that's a shout out back to you, Kale. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm... Like on Kale, like Kale, he's like, yeah, I, I think that award should have gone to both of us because, yeah, he's very, got a very good coaching mind, very intelligent um, and passionate person. Um, yeah, great surfer too. Mm. I think sometimes Kale gets pigeonholed into being a small wave surfer. Probably feels good to say it to more people over the airwaves. Um, there's not many people that surf that in scary situations, whether that be really big surf or really, really big surf. Um, there's not many people that I've surfed with who, who don't show some form of fear. And Kale is a surfer who very rarely shows any fear in very, very, very wide variety of surf conditions. So and I don't think he gets recognised for some of that stuff as much as we should. Yeah, well, I've never thought that about him, but mm. um, yeah, uh, Kale charges. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Yeah, um, Robo. I want to say thank you so much. I feel like there's we could talk heaps, man. I've really enjoyed chatting. No, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Thanks for coming over. No worries. <laughs> well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Adam Robinson. Robo, again, thank you for coming over. For those of you who are listening, thank you so much for for tuning in. Lending me your ears. Um, you know, I really appreciate the support that I get from people that listen and I just love doing this. So um so yeah, if you do if you do love the horse's mouth, feel free to you know, flick it. Flick it onto your friends, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a, a review, whatever the whatever you do, I don't know. Whatever. Enjoy it, whatever. I enjoy doing it. So Robo, thanks again for coming over. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and whoever you are out there in the wide world, I just just take care. Take care and try your best to seize the day, see where the stresses are coming from. I had a stressful week last week. I know where the stresses come from, and I'm going to work my very best to not let those circumstances dictate stress into my life anymore, you know? But you can only do what you can do, and we all fucking fail, and we all win sometimes. So take from that what you will. Until next time, see you later.